Got my dillies on a pepper tank. Well, I can't say the name of my brother. What a top. You ever notice you can only ooze two things, sexuality and pus? Man, I tell you. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. And the show started. Welcome. Welcome, Pat. I say welcome, as in welcome to the jungle, because I just saw Guns N' Roses twice in three days again. <laughs> Good transition. Where? Yeah, I saw you post pictures of that. Where was, where was the concert? Okay, so remember, the first concert was at Wrigley Field. So I always had this thing because I don't like the Northside baseball team that I wouldn't see a concert there, but yeah. I refused to have the band I love in town and me not go see them. Yeah. That's just, that's too petty for me. Yeah. So, first show was at Wrigley. I bought those tickets like over a year ago. So, yeah. Um, the people I was supposed to go with couldn't make it. So, I had two other people come with me and they asked me, like, how much for tickets. And I was like, you know what? That was a year ago. Don't even worry about it. Come <laughs> buy me a couple beers. Yeah. You know? So, it was actually a really cool setup. Um, we were in the upper deck, but that was okay because I had a very good view of the stage. So, first show was pretty good. Um, that was on a Thursday. And then Saturday was Summerfest, and there's a little bit of a background story to this. Um, okay. My buddy John from middle school, he's like the closest I ever came to ever being in a band. It was me, him, and a drummer. Okay. Um, Shout out to John. John... Yeah, John moved when I was in high school, so I actually hadn't seen John in like 10 years, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. Um, every, every year we would text each other on our birthdays and say, oh, you know, one of these days, because, you know, we used to be like really tight. So Where did he move to? Um, I get a... He, um, first he moved to Vernon Hills, that was like before we had cars, then okay, he moved yeah. to Milwaukee for a while, Okay. so he bounced it around. Yeah. Um, but I got a random text from him out of nowhere, and he was like, hey, you want to come with me to Milwaukee to go see guns? And I was like, uh, duh, it's on a Saturday, of course I'll go. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, we end up going up there, um, his mom makes us dinner, and I gotta say, they have the nicest condo, no offense, Jared, I think I've ever <laughs> been in. I don't, I don't claim to have the nicest condo. I'm not. I'm, I'm no, okay well, your condo is very nice. For people <laughs> our age, I think you have the nicest condo. Oh, thank you, Pat. Yes. But this was like on like the 18th floor of like a high rise building. The windows, glass windows all around, just staring at Lake Michigan. I mean, just a very nice place. So cool. Um, kind of karma got back at me. Um, I didn't have to pay for the ticket, it was already paid for. Oh. Because um, the stepdad that works for one of the sponsors. Sweet. So 
we were second row. It was probably just as close as I was at at Soldier Field, if not closer, because we were on the side. Yeah. So it's it's really weird seeing those guys out that close. Um, I did get a fist bump out of the bass player, not like physically, but um, made eye contact and nice. I pointed at him and threw my fist in the air, and then he did the same thing and pointed nice. back at me. So yeah, that definitely made my night. Sweet. Um, so yeah, that's the guns background. I've talked about them enough on the podcast, but here's where my day got or my night got really weird. So <laughs> we get to John's car at like. 12 15 or something i get home at two o'clock in the morning and i'm going to the bears game the next day yeah so i have to be there at nine o'clock yep um about 4 30 rolls around i'm still not up like asleep oh god I don't know, you're just laying like in the... bed <laughs> yep just trying to fall asleep and uh wasn't happening so i just decided i wasn't gonna go to sleep so then, <laughs> go to the game, about 10.30, it starts to hit me where, like, I'm ready to, like, literally doze off. Yeah, now I'm tired. Of... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, it was a very tough game to work. Um, the team won. And, um, That's right. Defense looked good, Jared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean... I, well, can I, can I say one thing before we get into Bears... Uh, which I feel like we do. We are obligated to get into. I just want to talk about how many Guns N' Roses concerts you've been to since you had to make that like crazy trip to go see them because you thought it was going to be. The, they said it was their last tour. Um, since the reunion of the core members, I've seen them six times. Yeah, so that started in <laughs> that started in 2016. Um, so it was like four in one year, and then um, COVID happened, and you know they went to like Asia and Europe, and then <laughs> eventually they came back, and it was going to be like two nights, like within driving distance. So, yeah, but I remember. I mean, we talked. I don't even know if it was on or off there, but you made. I mean, it was quite a hassle when you saw them. That for you kind of thought this was going to be the last time I get to see them, so you kind of went all out to make this trip work one time to see them and well I, at the time there was a lot of stuff going on in the media that they were only doing it for the money and they yeah. weren't really getting along but the problem with that was the band was doing no media and then they started doing it and it turns out they sort of like squashed all the beef i gotcha okay yeah so do you regret um seeing them no okay that one time okay. no if they were here Five nights in a row. I go all five nights. Well, not, no, no, obviously here, but I'm just saying that one trip that you did a while back where you were like, oh, I have to, to go Las see him Vegas? before break up. Yeah. No, I had a blast. Okay, good. All right, all right. I was just checking. I'm at the club, okay? Popping bottles. That's what Vegas is all about. Not going to Hashagogo arguing about a $5 spicy upcharge. I, I mean, I honestly thought about doing like another trip to like go to another show. There was, um, Actually, in Las Vegas, they were playing at Caesar's Palace. I guess there's a, like a small arena there. Uh, yeah, I yeah, thought about doing outside. that at one point, but I did not have the proper funds to do so. Yeah, I hear you. Like I could have done it, but then I would have been sweating for a couple months, and I yeah. didn't want to do that. Yeah. So uh, with the Bears, Pat. Yeah, uh, you know, not everybody listens to the show cares about football or especially cares about the Bears like me and Pat do, but. I will say just a quick a couple things here. 
One is, I cannot believe that McDonald's made Matt Nagy their spokesperson for their local advertising, the coach of the Bears. Uh, I thought that was a meme. That was an actual thing. No, he is actually doing that. I've actually seen ads from them. I, I just... <laughs> I'm trying to find the contact information for the media department for McDonald's and be like, who made this choice? Because there is probably a, not a worse person they could choose on the Bears than Matt Nagy right now. Okay, I'm not a coach. No, we're not. A coach. I, I would like the Bears are one and one, but like people, the overall sentiment in Chicago is the coach is is one of the major major problems with the team. Um, I would say they could have chose basically any player and felt better about it. Than, <laughs> than what they chose. So I just whoever made that decision just clearly doesn't follow sports, and so that's why I just thought it was a very weird choice. Well, I mean, maybe the players cost more, like a lot more money. They were just looking to get an ad out there. I could, I think you could get like a lineman or something that people would like better, <laughs> or like it, it is McDonald's. You know, it's not like a small mom and pop's shop it's a good so point i'm sure they had the money to do it yeah but. exactly it's a good point but yeah you're right i'm sure the money was not their biggest object so that's one thing i'll say secondly um yeah they beat the bears what the bears have done in the last couple of years is they beat bad teams and they lose to good teams and except yeah last year they beat the super bowl champs so that was the i was the only exception i wasn't the only one that was the only exception yes they beat tampa bay but i think literally in the last like four years that's like the only time i can really think of that they have beaten a you know a good team and and it really just almost never happened so i just when i start when i if i they beat like one of these upcoming teams, I don't even know if the Browns are any good, but some of these ones that are coming up, when they beat the Packers, that's when I'll be happy. That's when I'm always happy. So, Right. Yeah, they um, Green Bay, they had a really rough week one, and then it was kind of a close game um, last night on Monday Night Football, and then they just kind of ran away with it in the second half. So I was like, all right, changing the channel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah once that happens, we got to turn it off. But Always a uh, a difficult life as a Bears fan. I had a, a buddy move here from St. Louis to Chicago, and he decided he's going to become a Bears fan. He was a Rams fan. And I said, you're, you know, you've got a rough life ahead of you. Like, just be prepared for that. It's never, uh, <laughs> you know, it's well, get yeah, ready but, for a lot know, of disappointment. Football is one of those sports where you could turn it all around in like two years. That is true. Know? That is true. I would just say, like, historically. It's like baseball. Yeah. Like, when you rebuild, it's like four or five years. Like, it's miserable. Yeah, no, that's true, and and basketball takes a, it takes a decent amount of time too. But yeah, I uh, I agree, Pat. They definitely could. I just I just wanted him to to temper expectations. I I well, did have a question for you about music because I'm going to talk about a concert I went to as well this past weekend. Uh, but what do you think about encores? But um, I mean, they're like, I don't know, I don't know how like the history of that started. Um, but now it's like a necessity. Like I, I don't think I've ever been to a show where a band hasn't done that. It's just like part of the show, you know. Yeah. I... Like, well, it's kind of cool because they close out like the main set with like one of their big hits, right? Yeah. And then it's like they go take a little break, you know, drink a little water, um, and then they do like the really big hits. Um, I don't like when encores go like five songs. Like to me, that's like. You did a half another set, you know, yeah. like it should never be more than three in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I would, 
I would agree with you. I kind of just don't like the dance of it. I I don't like the like okay they're they're going to come back out like hey let's give a BS thing like we're walking off the stage but we're gonna come back on because everybody knows we're about to come back on and you know one minute. <laughs> yeah, it's not like in the movies where they start chanting the band like to come back out yeah. because like they they just didn't have enough you know. Yes, uh, the the only exception I will say the only time I've ever seen that be the case was at a Jack White concert I was at. And I, I talked about it in the show a couple years ago, but like they legitimately had packed up, like actually taken things off the stage. And then a news article came out and that because he didn't play, there's like one song he didn't play. And uh, I think he this might have been like a second encore or something. And I just all I remember is that there was literally an article in the paper the next day. And I noticed it was weird because a bunch half the people had like left. And then they had taken stuff off the stage, but then he came back out and did, uh, you know, like Seven Nation Army or one of those type of ones. Um, but uh, and they had said he had said in the newspaper the next day that he was not, you know, was not planning on playing that, but people were chanting it or whatever it was. So, uh, but That's cool for the I, most part, I remember part, you telling that story. But um, yeah, I, you know, to me, that's like one of the funnest parts of the show because you know they're gonna play all the big hits. You're gonna do all the big pyro if it's a big show. Yeah. You know, I've been at shows where like confetti starts shooting out and stuff like that. Uh, you know, fire, flames. I uh, it depends who you're seeing and the venue, I guess. For the encore, you're saying all this fire and stuff. Yeah, like it goes on throughout the show, but like the last like song or so, it would just be nuts. Yeah. Like um. <laughs> The first time I saw, uh, I know, I'm, of course, I'm going to talk about guns again. Uh, but the first time I saw them at Soldier Field, it was Fourth of July weekend, and so during the last part of the last song, they literally did like two minutes of fireworks, like a firework encore, while they were playing. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, the the big when you get the big shows like that, especially rock shows, you can you can kind of throw in those kind of crazy things. And it fits. You know, the thing The thing that sucks about rock shows that I was talking to John about, and John, you better listen to the podcast because you said you would. <laughs> um, in like 10 years, there's not going to be a lot of rock or big rock shows anymore. So I agree with you that. you got to go to them now. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I definitely agree with that. They're getting old. That's true. Yeah, they, they look old now. <laughs> you know, the guy, a couple years, they're going to be too old to function. But. I, I I love Axel, but to me, he looks like a lesbian, right? He's going for a certain vibe, I think. Nothing, nothing against lesbians. I just, I'm saying he looks like a dude who's got short hair now, and I don't know. It's just my opinion. He looks like a middle-aged lesbian. He doesn't look like like he did in the 80s, for sure. Uh, um, and, yeah. I don't know. But... I will just say encores, I would rather bet, like, I know what you're saying with it's kind of cool to have this build-up thing, but I just wish it was less of, like, a rehearsed type of just, you know, it's going to happen. Like, I'd like them, if they're doing a bunch of shows tonight, maybe they don't do it every time. Like, mix it up and don't do it sometimes. Like, I would like it to be not as rehearsed. That's that's my sort of thing. I think, so while we've been having this conversation, there's been one time where there was no encore at all, but... I was at a festival and there was a curfew. Yeah, that's different. That's different. Yeah. So I actually also saw a concert in Wrigley Field this past Saturday. Did and you go to Dead & Company? That was the Dead & Company, yeah. So That was like the only other show. So 
Yep. Yep. So that's all you knew. Uh, so I had never seen a concert at Wrigley, but it does. It is surprising how well that location works for concerts. I was not picturing how they would set it up. It actually does work pretty well. Um, I So I have been to one Dead & Company concert. This is just the Grateful Dead, but without Jerry Garcia. And they switch out uh, John Mayer as the main guy. So, uh, and some of the other guys have died too, but uh, I've seen before, you know, it's, it's very opposite of the rock show, right? I mean, it's very, uh, you know, it's like just a jam band type thing. So they have these songs that might be a three minute version in a recording of it, but it might be a, you know, seven minute version the way they do it, right? They're just going to be keep playing it and kind of goes from one song. Sometimes it just kind of feels like one song just, you know, goes right into the other type of thing. And it lasted four hours. The concert with no opener goes from 6.30 to like 10.45, um, which is pretty wild for just one group to keep going, especially since some of those guys are in their 70s and 80s. So, uh, Hopefully you had a seat. I did have a seat. Yes, yes. Now, there was people that like, so I was up in like the 300 section, but you could see, like you were saying, see pretty well. But... There was people, there was a section where it was just kind of dancing the whole time. And there was people that were standing the whole time. Like, I mean, you, it would be very hard to get out of that section because they're, you know, at the front. Basically, everybody on the field was standing. And yeah, like I said, there's one section where people just like spin dance the whole time. Um, but my, my parents are very, you know, huge into the uh, Dead and Company. So they see them all over the place. So it's nice when they're in a local area that's easy for other people to go. But a lot of stuff right. happened in the last like 20 minutes of the concert. So one thing is that uh, this guy just, he's walking from, he's going up the stairs. So you basically, when you walk out of the walkways of Wrigley Field in the upper levels, then you walk down to your seats. And then, so this guy was walking back up to the walkways. So the field is behind him and he falls backwards uh, on the concrete steps. And he fell quite a few steps. And where he ended up was basically, you know, a few steps away from the railing with his feet pointed toward like his neck and back is touching the concrete and his feet are like over his head pointed towards the uh, field behind him. Like he's literally like a shrimp, like shrimp shaped, you know, in this thing. (laughs) And and me and my, my brother's friend Juice, we go and we grab this guy. We like help him up. We're like, Oh man, are you okay? And he's like, Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. He was, you could look in his eyes. He was not there. You know, he was so wasted. He had this huge cut down his leg. Now somebody that he knew came and like grabbed him, but like, he was like, Oh, I'm good. Yeah, I know I'm I'm good. That was like, that is totally something the next morning he was just going to, he was going to feel it big time. I didn't ask for this. Um, I don't, Really, dr- I don't really drink a lot at concerts anymore because I like to enjoy the show, but I yeah. certainly did that when I was young and uh, can kind of relate. Like I said, I woke up in a field one time in a yeah. parking lot. So <laughs> yeah. I think everybody's been there at one point in their life. Exactly, like, exactly. So yeah. that yeah, that happened. And then right as we're leaving, um, we pass Andy Cohen. Do you know Andy Cohen? Uh, he's an actor. He's like a guy on Bravo. He's like all the Bravo stuff. He's a regular on Howard Stern. That's how I know him even more. But you definitely would know him if you saw him, I think, Pat. Uh, but oh. he... Uh, did you say what's up to him? Yeah, Amy did. Say, hey, Andy, I love you. And he said, thank you. 
And then we kept, then we ran into him another time at a at the pizza shop, like 15 minutes later at like a place that was a couple blocks away. So it was kind of random. So that happens. So then <clears throat> right after the concert, kind of right after we saw Andy, um, we were walking out of, um, this is maybe like a, you know, half block away from Wrigley at this point. And there's a guy that has this lady in a headlock. And they're kind of walking together. And it kind of just seems, at first, it almost looked like, you know, oh, like a cute, like, oh, they're playing around type of thing. But then it was going on, like, a a, a decent amount of time, like, an exaggerated amount of time. And there was, like, she was, like, pulling, you could tell she's, like, trying to pull away from his headlock. So then my mom runs over there. She's like, hey, what are you, like, pushes the guy away and, like, what are you doing to this type of thing, Right. And it was very clear at that point that this this was not like a joking around thing, like that this girl was like did not want to be in a headlock from this guy. And then my brother, uh, he him and his friend Juice go up to this like kind of stop my mom from punching. I don't know whatever she was going to do to this guy, but she was basically like calling him an asshole, that sort of thing. Like you know, go get be- him, Gwen. Yeah. So but then my brother goes there to kind of stop you know stop it, but then. It gets like, then it is getting really heated between my brother and his friend and this guy. And this guy's got to be like in his 50s, if I had to guess. And my brother's friend are, you know, 24, you know. So they are, uh, they're like, these guys are like, they're doing the little pushes kind of to each other, like getting right in each other's face. This guy got like within an inch uh, of this, of my brother's face. And I cannot repeat uh, what my brother said to the guy. (laughs) Um, but it got really heated to the point where like my dad was coming to there trying to break it up. And then like, right as things, I really thought, you know, we were seconds away from a, a punch being swung, uh, a bunch of cops came and broke it up and ended up like, uh, patting the guy down. And, you know, they were like, then they were asking us like what happened with that whole thing. And we were telling them all this stuff, but it was seconds away from being a full bone fight in the street because this guy was being, you know, definitely abusive. You could tell this was something where if they were actually a couple, uh, this is probably something that escalates much further. You know, it was kind of a sad thing to see. Well, Vaughn, the ultimate power move, if you're ever going to get on a fight, is take your shirt off. <laughs> that would have been so good. That would have been so good. Take your shirt off, throw it, and then, like, do the little backwards wave. Yes, yes, that would have been great. That would be great. Uh, Pat, was there something else you want to get to? I actually have uh, booze news from a listener. Nice. I got uh, booze news. It's from Chubstep Melanie. Shout out to Chubstep. Shout out Chubstep Melanie. Melanie. Uh, So this is how the DM reads. And uh, we may need to get a follow-up answer from Face on this. Okay. Um. She said, my buddy John owns a bar in Cincinnati called Northside Yacht Club, and they've been doing a drink special called Capri Suns Only Anarchy. Because they did that, they got served a cease and desist. Shouldn't that be covered under parody law? Please discuss. Interesting. So is this served in a Capri Sun? This picture is... It's like a Capri Sun packet, yeah. Um, looking thing, uh, basically like the name is a ripoff of Sons of Anarchy, but it's yeah. like Capri Suns yeah, only yeah. Anarchy. So, yeah. Um, yeah, they got legal papers over that. That's wild. Uh, 
first of all, good sign to them that they're successful enough that Capri Sun is reaching out, you know? Like that's <laughs> well, I, it could have been Sons of Anarchy too. It could have been that's a good point. Could have been Sons of Anarchy, but I mean like that is a sign when somebody sued uh, you. What FX? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Um, but I mean that's usually a sign that you've made it is when somebody's suing you. Uh, that's that's usually Except a good that sign. This is a dive bar. So. Yeah. Well, I, but I'm saying it's got you know he had to get enough notoriety to that that they noticed uh, because I've seen a million type of names of things like that. Right. I mean that's. That doesn't seem that didn't seem wild to me at all because I've seen so many different drink variations of names that always seem like they include a name. I, this like that that I would have to look it up what I'm thinking of, but I'm I know there are a ton that are play on other names. But I have heard of people doing a Capri Sun packet and like just injecting. Like I've had one before that somebody just like got like a syringe and injects vodka in or things like that. Um, so I know that's a that drink can work really well because Capri Sun so is a pretty sweet is, drink. This um, packet, it does not say Capri Sun on it anywhere. It's like a clear packet. So okay. Oh, so it's really, not even like, the same. Yeah, that. that's that's stupid. It's not like they're even using buying the Capri Sun things. And yeah, uh, I think that's dumb. I, I actually would be curious of Ace's thoughts on this. And I will text him because he works a lot in trademark law. And it's like, if anything, you're just promoting both companies. Like, exactly. What do you get out of that? You don't, especially Sons of Anarchy, because that's like it's an alcohol type thing. Like that show is by no means a children's show. Uh, you know, Capri Suns are a kid's supposed to be a kid's drink or athlete's drink, really, or the drink of the uh, villain in Terminator Two that uh, he turns him, himself into liquid because that always seemed to happen in the commercials. But yeah, I. I, I'm not sure why they would get mad. I They would say any good press is good press, right? So you would think that they would appreciate somebody using their name. And also keeping Sons of Anarchy alive. The show hasn't been on in a couple of years. Like, you know. I think it's still on Netflix. But yeah, it's not on TV anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's not. There's no new episodes. Uh, yeah, I think it's silly. Yeah. What, th- what are your thoughts? Any other thoughts about on what the cease and desist or sons of anarchy? Uh, not on sons of anarchy and the cease and desist. Oh, like I said, I think it's dumb. I think if anything, you're promoting products. You're probably, if it was Capri Sun, you're actually buying Capri Sun, so that's sales for you. Yeah. Um, and then what are we talking about? Now we're talking about Capri Sun. Oh, it's pretty good. Guess what? I'm gonna go do. I'm gonna go look for some more Capri Sun. Exactly. And try yeah. it at home. Yep. It's dumb. Yep. Pat, I wanted to ask you, all right, well, this is something that's, you know, I've gotten some flack for in the past, but I want to say that me- mainstream media has been has been picking up on it. And like many things in Chubstep that we predict, um, this has become more popular. Have you seen the show I Think You Should Leave, Pat? I haven't even heard of it. You know what? I hadn't I hadn't heard of it until more recently. It's, it just finished its second season. And it's starring one of the guys from SNL, Tim Robinson. And it's a it's a kind of a sketch show, kind of like uh, P and Keel was, or Key and Peel. Okay. And uh, yeah, it's that sort of thing. It's on Netflix, but it's a bunch of just short skits that go one after the other. Now, in the episode, uh, they said that to me at dinner, which is in the second season. There is a what they call a little buff boys competition, and. And so basically the concept of the skit is uh, 
they're doing like a corporate retreat, like a corporate convention type of thing for some company, you know, some generic corporate company. And they inadvertently hired uh, some guy that's doing a little buff boy competition where these kids are coming out in, um, they're coming out in those kind of muscle, like those uh, fake Halloween muscles. But, you know, they're wearing like long sleeve shirts with the fake Halloween muscles underneath this their shirts. This isn't turning into young and yoked, is it? That's what I'm talking about. So basically, this is Young and Yoked. They didn't call it Young and oh Yoked. They called God. it Little Buff Boys. But the like the basically the funny part in it. So there's Little Buff Boys, and they want the like the CEO of the company to come judge the Little Buff Boys competition. And he's so uncomfortable doing it. He's you know he says no, and then they make him make a decision. He picks one of the boys to be the buffest, and uh, and then the guy said that's the wrong choice, and the skit ends. But I just want to say that. Um, I'm not the first person to think of, of uh, I think Young and Yoked is a better name than Little Buff Boy. So I think I actually would have improved that had they asked my advice. I do want to give a shout out to Chubstep Smacko, Smacko Jones, uh, for recommending that show to me and pointing that, that skit out. Smacko. Yeah. <laughs> That's not as exciting. <laughs> about like that. my tone for that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Pat, I was going to ask you something. Uh, this is something that I, I thought about the other day. Do you think people would rather be in the majority than be right? Mm, depends on the person. I would rather be right. Yes. But do you feel like there is a large portion of people that would rather be in the majority than be right? Yeah, if you're around like a bunch of like, I don't know, squares who don't know what they're talking about. And they're like, no, 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 yeah, trust me, trust me. And it's like, yeah. okay, I'll Google it when I get home. Yeah. <laughs> Save you the crocodile tears. Yeah. I Yes, I feel uh, like that is... I think that, I think that it, it depends on the type of people, the group you're with. But no, I would every time rather be right. Because even if you're in the majority and it turns out you're wrong, then it's like, well, you don't know what you're talking about. Yes. But also, even when people know that they're wrong when they're in majority, if more people are thinking that way, then they don't feel so bad. They're like, oh, everybody else did it, so I don't feel so bad about doing it. I could see that point. Yeah. I just, I also, and yeah, I, I agree with you, Pat, where I am always the, I'd rather be right than the majority. And, and for that reason, I've done things in the past that are like, oh, why are you doing that? It's like, well, because I know that's, I don't need to do that other thing or something like that. But this is very vague of what I'm being. But I've just noticed there's definitely times, and especially in the last couple of years here, where um, people seem that they, they're doing something just because a bunch of other people are doing it and not it's not because it's necessarily their thought on something or because they know it's right, uh, just because that's what society is doing or what other people around them are doing. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. I was going to say... Uh, it's brand new. It just happened tonight. But did you see Conor McGregor draw the first pitch at Wrigley Field? Yes, he threw it like way right. Correct? It. He threw it over everybody. So he's a lefty. He threw yeah. it over everybody and to the right so far that it hit the bricks. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, could, I could just see him now with his little excuse like, my arm is too strong. Yeah. I put people yeah. on the canvas. I don't play little man games. I could just see him saying stuff like that. Yeah. Or like, you know, something about a stupid American sport. 
uh, yeah. I uh, it is so funny that the first pitch thing is always interesting to me because people can find some good compilations of like the worst first pitches ever. Um, the and and it's some it's it seems so simple. I think that's why people mess it up so much because it seems so simple. Because everybody, you know, a lot of people can throw a baseball, right? Or you know, uh, but it it seems so simple. But Pat, you've probably seen a million of them, and you've seen how difficult it is just for the average person to go up there and do that. Why do you uh, think it is so tough for people? Well, they're not used to doing anything in front of thousands of people. Yeah. Number one. Number two, a lot of them just don't warm up. Like, you know, your arm's probably dead. You probably haven't thrown a baseball in like five years or yeah. something. Like, I can speak from experience. Um, there was a long time where I hadn't thrown around a ball or anything like that. And we went to play football in the backyard, just like catch. The first couple of throws were like way off. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and then recently, there's a there's a dartboard where I'm staying right now. It took me like 10 darts just to hit the board. Like, once I hit the board, I was fine. But yeah, I just yeah. kept hitting the wall. And I'm like, like, what is wrong with me? Yeah. So... I think that's a part of it. Um, I think people try to throw strikes um, when they should just really just hope on throwing it at the person, even if they have to stand up. Yes. Um, three of the worst first pitches I've ever seen. Um, only one was in person. Um, 50 Cent was really bad. I was going to say, I, I had two people on my list. One. 50 Cent was terrible. 50 Cent was bad. Conor McGregor tonight was awful. And then this was a random fan. It was a woman. I saw this in person. I was on the field when it happened. And she went to throw the pitch, and she hit the photographer that was standing like five feet to her left. Oh, my God. Like, like literally hit the lens. Oh, my God. Like, the photographer was like a young guy. Like, he was our age. Yeah. And he just, like, ran in a circle. He was, like, in shock for a second. Oh, my God. Probably freaking out because his camera's broken. But yeah. It'd yeah. probably hurt. No, it probably hit him in the face. Yeah. yeah. Um, then one time, I saw Joakim Noah throw out a first pitch, and the first one he threw was bad. And so only Joakim would do this. He insisted he threw another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he threw he threw another one, and it was like right down the middle. He did like a big celebration. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Now I have seen. Okay. Sometimes they do two first. Like I was at one the other day, and there was three people throw at a first pitch. How does that work? That's pretty normal. But it, how because, is it the first pitch if three people throw it out? Well, I get it. The wording's not right. Yeah, but it's typically a couple sponsors, and then like a local celebrity or Got a big it. celebrity. Okay, you know, there was one time at a ball game, like where it wasn't even planned, and um. I guess Kanye West just decided he was going to go to a baseball game that yeah. day. And so, <laughs> like, 30 minutes before first pitches are happening, they get a phone call upstairs, and they're like, oh, we got an extra first pitch to Kanye. They're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. So there's, like, people who could just show up and do it, I guess. How was his pitch? Um, it wasn't awful. It did hit before the glove, but it wasn't okay. like one of those balls that got away. Yeah. So if I had to add um, two extra really terrible first pitches, one would be Mariah Carey's was really bad. 
Oh, I didn't see that one. Who was the team? Was it like L.A. or something? I can't remember. I can't remember. Hers is really bad. And then the worst one, I think, is Gary Del Bate, Baba Booey on Howard Stern Show. He's, he's Howard Stern's producer. Um, that one is notorious. And he was, and I've heard some of the story behind his, was that he was really preparing, like, you know, really loved. I think he threw it for the Mets, and he's been like a Mets fan his whole life. And like, you know, it just ended up being the worst thing ever. Um, I think one of the best first pitches I ever saw, kind of the most, powerful one i ever saw was uh george w bush after 9 11 when he threw it i think it was for the yankees um and that was like yeah you have you seen that one pat everybody's seen that one. yeah everyone's seen that yet but he like it was it was the biggest like he just walks up there throws it walks out like it was like the you know and it was like a it was like a pretty fast throw into the guy. It was a pretty impressive. That was like the most impressive one that I've seen. It was just like an in and out. Oh, speaking of presidents, uh, Barry Obama had a bad one. Oh, did it? Yeah. When the All Star game was <laughs> when the All Star game was in Washington D.C., um, he came out even wearing a White Sox jacket. So I'm like, dude, the freaking president's wearing a White Sox jacket at yeah. the All Star game. This is going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah. The pitch was not awesome. <laughs> it is not not great. Yeah, because I think he is a Sox fan. Yeah, he uh, lives or he lived near Hyde Park or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did want to uh, talk, Pat, this is not a full booze news, but I was just going to say that they have been banning alcohol on planes recently. Oh, bummer. Yeah. And so that's kind of a, uh, you know, one of the perks of being on a plane sometimes. I think it depends on the airline. But you might be right because um, I remember going to Nashville um, in the beginning of November. I was able to have like a, like a, it was like a wild turkey or something like that, just like a shooter. Um, But then when I went out to LA three times and then I went out to Miami, like, it wasn't even an option anymore. Yeah. So you might be on to something. So it is certain airlines right now, uh, Southwest and American still do not have any options. And then some of the other airlines, it depends on which flight. Like some of the flights are allowing it, some they're not. Um, but it's a little bit, uh, yeah, anyway, I just think it's, you know, one of the positives of being a flight, sometimes you get a drink ticket or some of you just want, you know, a drink. But they're worried that people are going to do too crazy. I guess there's already enough people yelling on planes these days. They don't want more people. Uh, yelling. Yeah, they got enough problems, and they're super expensive too. I remember uh, when I went out to Las Vegas for a bachelor party. Like, I that was like the second time I was on a flight in like ten years. Yeah. Like, I I did I did not want to sit there just me and my thoughts for four and a half hours. So I remember I bought like three or four drinks, and like just to the point where like I kind of got tired and sort of didn't fall asleep, but was like kind of closing my eyes and made the trip go faster. But I spent like. Yeah. You know, probably like 30, 40 bucks on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, Steve. I'll tell you right now, that's worth it. Steve's back. Hello. Hey, Hey, Steve. Steve's back, baby. You're back. Steve, we don't have a ton of time left in this episode. Was there something you wanted to get to? All right, guys. Tanzania News Correspondent coming in hot. There's been a lot going on. In Tanzania. Yeah. Okay. We got cattle rustling news and we got cashew news. The infection causes immediate respiratory failure. And scientists claim that these patients are now transmitting. 
Tanzania? Yes, I am. Hell yeah. I was kind of hoping, hoping the segment would die with Magafuli. Which <laughs> one do you want first? Cashew or cattle? I love some cattle. good cashews. Oh, uh, I'll go with Pat. Pat said it first, so we're going cattle. <laughs> oh, wait. Hang on. Sorry. This is uh, illegal smuggling of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Uh, which happened in New Zealand, that is not Tanzania news. No, but good to know. Way to go. Let, you, you uh, we're cut. going cattle. We're doing cattle. Okay. So uh, police in Tanzania recovered 59 stolen cattle and arrested several herders. This is a huge problem in Tanzania. People steal cattle. Like also, okay. yeah, for like food, uh, they just rustle them. Like you know, the Wild West when there was cattle rustlers. Yeah, they're they're apparently that far behind America in Tanzania. They're at the cattle rustling stage, uh, uh, of of their you know country. So they're okay. rustling cattle. Um, big big. Big cattle crimes going on. They're cracking down. But even worse, 13 cattle died by a lightning strike. Ooh. Just one strike? Well, I mean, obviously, right? So it yes. just like landed, it landed in like a field and just shocked them? Yep. The cattle were grazing. Lightning killed 13 cattle. So big cattle Or moves. did it also break their legs maybe and then they couldn't get up? Oh. Um. This says uh, the animals were grazing separately when the lightning struck, so they were not grazing conjoined. No. So this must have been a big lightning, or I don't know. Yeah. Have you guys ever seen lightning strike? I've never seen one hit the ground. Uh, I've yeah, seen I'd, that once. I've never seen it like it that cool? close. No, it was scary as hell. <laughs> I bet. Art. I saw a uh, meteor once and a tornado over the uh, water. Yes, you've brought this up. You were on a bridge. I was on a bridge. It was sick. That's my nature experience. So, Steed, were the cattle already cooked if they get electrocuted like that? Um, I feel like you could easily, like, if you're going to eat raw beef, I feel like that's the beef you want to eat. Yes. Like sushi. Like they have sushi chicken now in some countries. No, they do that's not have the, sushi that's chicken. The, Jared, that's look it up. Look <laughs> it up. They they have it. They I don't got, agree with it, but they have it. Yeah. That, what's the point? The point is you just that's that's chicken and rice. That doesn't that just eat chicken and what, rice. Are you saying? But he's saying uncooked chicken. It's not cooked. That's how people die. Yeah. I think there's some brine. They might brine it oh. to kill the bacteria, but it is it is chicken sashimi. All right, we're going to move on from cattle. We're moving to cashews because okay. we're short on time. Jay, this is what you wanted. Guess what, Tanzania? 
you better start up in your cashew capacity and processing. <laughs> yeah, please. Why? Because an American firm has announced it is going to buy all of the processed and certified cashews from Tanzania. Whoa. All of them. Every single cashew. World Holdings International said on Monday that it is going to buy every single cashew that comes out of Tanzania. The United States is now the premier importer of cashews from Tanzania. Hell yeah. Yeah, and this is sick because um, this is also good for Tanzania because they're buying a kilo of processed cashew nuts for about 6.5 American dollars or 14,900 and 50 shillings. Yeah. Uh, the global market price is about $5.60. Okay. So this firm is paying them a dollar and 10 cents more per kilo. Wow. Than average globally. So it seems like if you were a farmer, you'd want to choose to be a cashew farmer over a cattle farmer because less people are going to probably get steal your cashews. 100%. So get this. Last year, the price of raw cashews, um, during the last nut marketing season in Tanzania, the price was about 1,900 to 2,700 shillings per kilo. So they're upping that by 10, 12 times. Whoa. 12 times. 12 times. Hell yeah. This is huge for cashew farmers in Tanzania. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Great for cashews. Cashews. I'm, I'm actually very excited about this. Well, what I'll say about cashews, uh, I feel like they're kind of not talked about it anymore, right? I mean, like people talk about pistachios. They talk about peanuts. Cashews are kind of low-key, but they're great. Yes. Um, if you're getting like a mixed nut type deal, um, I feel like almonds are overrated. Almonds are shit nuts. Yep, agreed. Um you get your honey roasted cashews or like from the fair or something. Oh, yeah. That's a good nut. Primo. That's Pat, a great nut. What is, I mean, they're fatty. They're delicious. They're salty. Um, the Tanzania Cashew Nut Board, the TCB, yeah. um, that's an actual governmental organization. Okay. Uh, the Tashu Tanzania Nut Board. <laughs> they plan to increase the average of 300,000 metric tons per year to 700,000 metric tons by wow. 2025 to keep up with the American demand for cashews. Crazy. Love it. Love to hear. I know. This is this news is shocking. This shocking. Is this will change the way we look at cashews. Going down. Yeah. Pat, real quick, favorite nut and least favorite nut. Uh, uh, it's huge. Favorite what? Nut. Nut. And least favorite nut. Um, I think almonds are my favorite. They're wow. really, really tasty. Um, least favorite nut? Mm, I haven't had a lot. And I do like them, so kind of it's weird of me to say this, but I don't, I would say my least favorite nut would be peanuts. Yeah. That's fair. That is fair. That peanuts is fair. might be overrated too, just because butter, just peanut butter. Yeah, Steve's not a peanut butter guy. We made I do some like big... cashews, though. Those are good, but I would say almonds are definitely. Hmm. What are some other common nuts? 
Those are hot takes. I don't. I don't think I've ever had a pistachio. I don't think oh, that's my that. favorite nut. I forgot that counted in the nut I've, family. I've had. The, I've had the ice cream, but I don't think I've ever had the actual nut. Pat, so. you gotta Pat, try. Next it. time get I some, see you, I'll give you pistachio. I'll give you pistachio. I bring pistachios time. to parties as like a party favor, and people go nuts over them. They like that oh. fun pun. Fun pun, not intended. They yeah. love the people are like, why'd you bring pistachios? An hour later, everyone's eating pistachios. Yeah, and you can grind them oh, up well, and snort them. Name, name some other ones, Jared. Like, which ones didn't we talk? Uh, about? Walnuts, yeah, pecans. Nut don't even macadamia nuts. Oh, okay. pecans. I knew you were going to bring up macadamia. Hazelnut. That's no one ever eats a macadamia nut. It's not true. Hazel. Um, okay. No, it's not true. I've had. I've had um, wal- I've had walnuts and pecans. I think uh, I, I like those. Those are good. Okay, pecans well, are good. You heard it here first. Pat thinks pecans and walnuts are okay. Uh, we're gonna end it on that. Uh, email the show chubstep.podcast at gmail dot com. We always like your emails. Share the episodes with friends. And new episodes every Thursday. The show has ended. Be gone. Now you know you got to go. Peace. This is Yasin.